Well, have I got a guest for you. I know this is only the first guest on the All Figured Out podcast, but I'm truly worried that I've come out of the gate a little too strong here. Taylor Aller is kicking off our guest interviews, and she is dropping some incredible wisdom on a topic that I have a feeling you don't know too much about, because frankly, I didn't before chatting with her. Taylor Aller is many things, which she's going to share with us in this episode. But at her core, she's a small town girl with a huge heart, big dreams, and she is all about that multi-potentialite life. And we'll get into what that means in this episode. Taylor is a six-figure entrepreneur and serves in British Columbia as an RMT, an educator, a speaker, and a consultant. She's a co-founder of the Relationship Project and the PIP Summit, which is a summit for parents, which will be coming back again this year in February, and I am very excited to have the honor of speaking at it. And Taylor is also a proud team member of the nonprofit Free To Be Talks. On most days, you can find her juggling five different things or enjoying the outdoors in the Pacific Northwest with her growing family. Taylor and I cover a lot of ground in a relatively short amount of time, and she's going to educate you on the term multi-potentialite, share how you can create an amazingly successful career harnessing multiple passions. She's going to share very vulnerably about the decision to have kids, her fertility struggles, and how she's been figuring it all out as a parent. I'm not going to spoil any more of the episode. I hope you enjoy. You're listening to the All Figured Out Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Barr. As a career coach for parents, a mom, an entrepreneur, and someone who spent 10 plus years in the corporate world, I still don't have it all figured out. And maybe you don't either. In this podcast, I'll share tools and strategies that I use with my clients. And in the many areas where I don't have things figured out, I'll be bringing you some amazing guest experts to help us fill in the gaps. So tune in each week as we explore how to make career and life decisions that truly work for you, your family, and your big goals. Let's make moves. Welcome Taylor Aller to the All Figured Out podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to get to chat with you. This is really fun. I'm so excited. and I'm so excited for the audience to get to know you and the really interesting side of you that is being a multi-potentialite. So I know we're going to get into that and you'll define that for our audience because I think there's going to be a lot of people who resonate with that term. But just to kind of get everybody to get to know you a bit better, I'd love to hear a snapshot of your career journey and where it's landed you today. <laughs> oh boy. I always joke that my resume looks like it could belong to 14 different people because <laughs> if you name it, I probably did that or something close to that. So in a snapshot, I'll like be real quick. I, I've worked in a bakery decorating cakes. I've worked in schools with kids with disabilities. I was a professional level hip hop dancer for over 10 years, I think close to 15. I am a registered massage therapist. I've been a college educator. I do business consulting. I've been an entrepreneur, a relationship expert, a creative. I have an Etsy shop. There are so many different things, which brings us to the word that you mentioned, multi-potentialite, I think is the, the best way to summarize my career journey. And I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably more things I want to do at some point. Oh, and what would you say the tailor today? Who is she in her career? Yeah, currently I serve as a registered massage therapist, like I mentioned, in New Westminster, British Columbia in Canada. I am taking a mat leave from teaching at the college, but I taught two classes there for many years and I'm hoping to go back once I'm done having babies. And I do consulting with business clients one-on-one -on -one and some creative work on the side. 
And I'm also in the midst of bringing back our digital conference for parents, which is super exciting. We sold out last year, so we're in the midst of planning our conference for next year, and it's coming together really nicely. So that's what I'm up to currently. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how you said, and I'm not done yet. There will be yeah. more added to that oh, list. I totally forgot too. I'm also a speaker. So I host workshops, I do MC hosting, and then I do keynote speeches. And recently my TED Talk went live, which was super exciting too. Can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. And everything that Taylor is up to or has been up to, we will put in the show notes because her <laughs> TED Talk is fantastic. And oh. Uh, I just, yeah, I thought it was incredible. Um, okay, multi potentialite. What does that even mean? Give us this. <laughs> I know that could also be its own, its own oh, podcast. It totally. So I wish I came up with this term. Totally didn't. It was coined by a fellow TED Talker, Emily Wapnick, and it means simply somebody who is passionate about more than one thing. And why it's important to determine that is because our world is designed almost exclusively for people with singular passions. To have success means that you're an expert in one thing, or you've been doing something for X number of years, or you've made X number of dollars over a set amount of time. And most of us, especially parents, know that dichotomy of being passionate about two things at the same time or more. And I had that experience before becoming a parent where there was so many things I wanted to do. And I remember as a kid, I got to do all those things. And at some point it was like, well, what's the one thing you're going to do when you grow up? And I was like, I'm not going to stop doing all these. Like, what do you mean? I have to choose. I want to choose. So multi-potentialism to me is being passionate about more than one thing. And I like to add to that definition and say that it's finding your version of success at that, because it can be a life that is very challenging schedule-wise. You can be labeled all kinds of things. You can appear like you're flaky or like you don't know what's going on, but there are so many ways to find success living that lifestyle. And I'm really passionate about helping other people do that. That's a lot of the consulting I do one-on-one, but personally, that's where I have found success and happiness in my life is embracing that term multi-potentialite. So that's me. <laughs> oh, thanks for that description. That's, it's so incredible. And I, I truthfully never heard of it until meeting you a couple of years back or whenever that was. Uh, for background, Taylor and I are in the same mastermind group for, with the Business Babes Collective, which has been amazing. Yes. And I've, yeah, my eyes have really been opened into the world of multi-potentialism. Yes, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I personally felt like it's kind. Of, I I don't know. Do you agree with us that there's a bit of a spectrum to it? That mm-hmm. there's some people who are kind of probably really far on the spectrum of being a multi potentialite, and there's others who can really resonate with just aspects of it. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I think that's the beauty of that term is that all of those things are accepted. And even people who appear to have just one passion often don't. Sometimes their passions come and go in a more long-term sense where it'll be seasons of their life. So for their mm-hmm. 20s and 30s, maybe they had one career and then they shift and change to another. That midlife crisis that we hear about a lot, to me, that just screams multi-potentialism. It's like, this is what has been waiting in the background for you to explore. So there are a lot of different ways it can look. And I love that magic of that puzzle coming together. Oh, and I, I, you mentioned being a child and having multiple passions and people asking you, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up or that, that age old question. Have you always embraced life as a, as a multi-potentialite or did, was there ever a transition period that you had to go through to embrace that side of you? Oh, massive transition. Yeah, I definitely did not. Like the minute I got asked that question and it sunk into me that I'm, I'm 
quote unquote, I'm making air quotes, quote unquote, supposed to choose. I had like a, a massive kind of lockdown happen in my body. And from then I literally did try to choose. I would, I chose to pursue a certain degree at university and I wouldn't let myself do anything else. And then I was like, okay, well I have time so I can explore dancing on the side. And then I was booking international tours and at the same time trying to complete my degree. And I was like, oh my God. And I was going through this, you know, identity crisis. And eventually I had gathered up like three or four different passions. I was leading like three or four separate different lives. I was hardly sleeping. I was broke because I was spending money everywhere. And I just felt ripped apart. And honestly, I hit a massive wall of burnout. And anybody that's experienced like true burnout knows how excruciating it is. And I remember like sledging home being like, how am I going to do this tomorrow? Like, yes, I'm exploring all the passions, all the things I love and I'm passionate about and that bring me joy. But when I do it this way, it's destroying me and I can't do this anymore. And I ended up like coping by binge watching YouTube in my ratty comfy PJs and crying. And I came across a video that like in a moment changed my entire life and I, I share this story in the TED Talk. So if you want like the bigger version, feel free to head there. But this is the Coles notes is that I saw this TED Talk by Liz Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, among a whole bunch of other really great books. And she explained in that moment, there's two types of people in the world. There's hummingbirds and jackhammers. And hummingbirds cross-pollinate the world. They take their passions and bring them all these different places. They have an incredible breadth of knowledge. Whereas experts, what we're used to seeing are those with incredible depth of knowledge. They're people who have extensive experience and education in one area. And the world needs both. And both need to be embraced and celebrated for exactly what they bring to the table. And in that moment, I was like, oh my God. I have been trying to be a jackhammer and I'm a hummingbird and I was sobbing and I was calling my husband like I'm a hummingbird he's like if you're a bird I'm a bird right and I was like no not quite but hopefully if I explain it you'll understand and he's like you're a hummingbird with a jackhammer and I was like sure okay I'll take it so yeah it was definitely not an embraced journey it like wasn't until that moment where I realized I can still be who I am and not have to stuff myself into this box, cut off parts of me, live separate lives, feel like I'm so secretive, you know, being all these different things. And I can start to be open with who I am and explore all these things and find the really magical intersections and the beauty of all these passions cross-secting, which has also been a really fun thing since I started embracing that is there's really magical fireworks that happen between my passions that never would have happened if I didn't allow them to coexist together. And that really started the journey of looking into this type of lifestyle, looking into this type of journey, how to schedule things, how to tactically do things, because there's a whole, you know, process behind it, because I didn't want to repeat the running myself into the ground part, because that was really not any fun. So yeah, I definitely didn't embrace it forever. <laughs> and until I did, my life really sucked. <laughs> <laughs> what were the th what were the tangible steps that you took? So you've, you've, got a word for this, multi-potentialite. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow, I'm, I'm changed. My life has shifted. But then what? What do you do mm -hmm. next? Well, like I said, the term was coined by Emily Wapnick. And she actually has a book called How to Be Everything. She has a community called Putty Like. And I kind of dove into all of her resources. And it just opened my eyes to the fact that life is actually a puzzle. And I can click these pieces of my life, these passions, in and out. And that me as a person, my life, my schedule, my passions, my people, they're all puzzle pieces that click in and out as life goes on. And if I start to zoom out and see what that looks like, rather than focusing on each piece, 
I could be really strategic, but also intentional and do things in a way that allowed me to have success. And the biggest part of that lesson was through experience. It was a lot of like trial and error and also recognizing that I can do anything that I want. I just can't do it all at once and I can't do it by myself. So I started to also insert myself in communities that embraced people like me, even if they weren't multi-potentialite specific, but entrepreneurial communities, like you mentioned, the business-based community has been so good to me and just embraced all of me (laughs) and all the different parts. You know, finding people that really understood what it was I was after and that would support me. And then giving myself permission to not have to do everything by tomorrow, you know, to let myself say, you know what, not even in this decade, am I going to approach that passion? Maybe this is something I'm going to approach when I'm in my 50s or 60s, if I'm lucky enough to get there, you know, and giving myself permission to do that, I think was really freeing. So it was a few different things of exposing myself to those communities, learning about this type of lifestyle, and then a lot of trial and error, a lot of years of, let's see if this works. Oh, I'm starting to get burnout again. Okay, that doesn't work. Let's see if this works. I'm like, wow, this actually feels really good. I'm going to keep doing this. And then eventually people started coming to me asking me, how do I do this? And then that's when the consulting started. And there was so much being shared within the little community I've developed with my clients and my folks that, you know, we all resonate with. So it's been a lot of trial and error, and then also learning from other people in the community that are doing things in their own unique way, because that's the best part about it. Oh, I love that. What would you give as a tip to somebody who is listening and is really resonating with this term, multi, being a multi-potentialite or multi-passionate, mm-hmm. and they maybe don't want to spend years and years with trial and error? <laughs> Not that I'm saying there's going to be a silver bullet or a shortcut, True. but you know, yeah. What would be kind of those first steps that you would suggest that they go through? Yeah. Firstly, and this was honestly the first step for me, was just like embracing that who you are is okay. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like cliche and corny, but that really will allow you to do the rest of the steps. You know, if, if you're still fighting to fit into the box, quote unquote, whatever the box is for you, then approaching this type of lifestyle isn't really gonna work. Like you're always gonna feel behind or like you're not doing it right. And I would just encourage that embracement, if that's a word, embodiment of allowing yourself to be who you are. And then it would be coming down to finding people that will help you. That community piece is so crucial for me. That was a really big turning point of finding even one person that could understand what I was trying to achieve and that could be a sounding board for me. So instead of having to trial and error a whole bunch, like I did at the beginning, I then, once I found the community and really opened myself up to it, I could then bounce these ideas off of them and say like, would this work? Would this not work? Can you ask me these questions when I bring another passion to the table? Can you remind me all the things I have going on? (laughs) Can you check with me about the season and if this is right? And having somebody that will have your back that way is really important. And if you have a group of people, fantastic. But if it's just one person, if it's a coach or a friend or a family member, totally perfect. And then I would say start experimenting with different scheduling systems because that's usually one of the biggest, the two biggest hurdles besides the mental hurdle that I mentioned before of accepting it would be the financial hurdle and the time hurdle. So being able to meet your bottom line when it comes to your expenses personally and professionally, and then also being able to meet the bottom line of 24-hour clock. So finding ways to automate, finding ways to schedule, finding different combinations of systems or softwares or however it is that it works for you. There's so many different ways. Or finding people that can help you strategize that is really important. And then finding people that can help you strategize 
the income side of things because my income doesn't come all from one place. It comes from a variety of different places and in different capacities. And that's the beauty with multi-potentialites. We often have different streams of income, which over time makes us more secure. And it was very interesting anecdotally to see how the pandemic affected that because those that had those multiple passions going, if one shut down or stopped, they just boosted up their others. And it was like they just kept rolling. And that was a really interesting thing where a lot of experts, if their industry shut down, so did they. And I thought that was incredibly fascinating. So there's quite an asset to be gained when it comes to the financial aspect that often gets overlooked. So yeah, finding community will help you with those challenges too. Well, I'm just thinking about the fact that you're a registered, you are a registered massage therapist <laughs> in the I pandemic. For a living. <laughs> you get up in their business for a I living. Do. I do. Wow. I don't have Google gadget arms. I don't have the ability to do my job six feet away. I'm an enclosed room. I'm not out in the open. Like it is. Yeah. So it, for me, it was like, oh, okay, no problem. I just boosted up teaching or speaking or consulting, or I started exploring more of my creative pursuits. And it was like nothing changed or stopped. And for a lot of my colleagues, that was not the case. Like the ones that are experts in those fields that are considered complementary medicine that weren't being prioritized at the very beginning, you know, it was like, it just all came to a screeching halt for them. And I thought, wow, I'm so grateful. <laughs> like, I have like four different things I could be doing right now if I wanted to. So yeah, I know that's not the case for everybody. And of course, there was other challenges presented too. But on that front, it was a really big benefit, I think, to have these different things in the wings. And that was something that, you know, you, you kind of think about, but until a pandemic happens, you don't really think about it. And so that was like a hidden asset that often gets overlooked. And I imagine there is a sense of resilience that you have. I mean, I know that you have resilience <laughs> as knowing you personally, but that resilience mm -hmm. of already knowing how to pivot and already knowing how to explore other options, career options, other sources mm -hmm. of revenue yeah, I'm just thinking about the person who is the expert, which like you said, we need experts. So it's not yes. to knock that, no. but a pandemic hits and they're forced to explore other avenues. That mm -hmm. would be really scary, I imagine. Really confronting. Oh, 100%. 100%. And I mean, I can't speak from a serious experience on that because I had the other experience, but my husband is the total opposite of me. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> like, how am I going to do anything? And I was like, oh, you know, we just do this or just do that. And, you know, it becomes this like really big hurdle to have to overcome mentally. And it, I, you said something that made me, oh yeah. So when you said about the resiliency it's actually a fact that multipotentialites are faster learners than the average quote unquote expert or singleton passion person because we're so used to trying new things and failing that we become very good at the process of trying new things and failing quickly. So then we actually learn faster because you only learn through making mistakes, let's be honest, right? If we have a success, we don't really take much from it and absorb it, but we take a lot from the times where we face plant. And multipotentialites are really good at face planting and getting back up again really fast. And that makes us really good learners. We're highly adaptable and dynamic people. So that was also an asset, even if they were an expert in one field, if they had the ability to adapt and embrace the fact that they're quick learners, it was a really, really great way to set yourself apart from the pack, whether it's in a corporate field or whether it's in the entrepreneurial field, because pivoting was a word we all got used to <laughs> in 2020 and beyond. So yeah, that I would agree with you. unprecedented. There was quite a few <laughs> words that came up over and over again. True. That was that just one of them. Yeah. Probably never want to hear again. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Okay. I have to ask, how do you determine? So say you do inevitably, like we all do in life, face plant. How do you determine mm. the 
areas that you want to continue to pursue versus the ones that you're like, you know what, I'm going to leave that behind. It's clearly not for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a great question. And honestly, that's something I still work towards because I, and this isn't regardless of being a multi-potentialite, but I'm an, I'm an extremely persistent person. So sometimes I'll find myself wanting to complete something just for the sake of completion and not because I actually want to do it. And, and that's something outside of being a multi-potentialite. That's just like a tailor thing. So I often have to check that urge and I check it by evaluating my values. So the way that I schedule my passions, my life, my income, you know, whatever that looks like at the moment, I base it on like a one to four year season that I'm in. So right now I'm having babies, I'm becoming a parent, well, I am a parent, maybe becoming a parent again, I'm due in March, which is super exciting. So my focus right now, first and foremost, is my family. And for me, that gives me permission to let a whole bunch of other things off my plate. It's not to advance in different things. It's not to gain more speaking opportunities. It's none of those things. It's to be the best mom that I can to care for myself and my body and my baby well. And that's it. You know, these other things all fall secondary. And I was not always in the season, you know, before having kids, I was in the season of pursuing and experimenting, trying different things. So I use whatever my focus is, as kind of the gauge point for if I should continue to explore this, or if this is just the tailor deal of like needing to accomplish something, <laughs> which is not helpful or productive. So yeah, if, if I'm pursuing something and it's in the pursuit of this, or it supports something that allows me to do this and work allows me to be a happy person, because I can't just focus on one thing at once. Work for me is my break. It's my time to explore, be creative, to help people, which is a huge part of who I am. And I can never cut that out. So if this is something that truly fills that part, I can keep doing it. And if it doesn't, then I give myself permission to let it go. You are so wise, Taylor. I'm sitting here just <laughs> no. in awe. No, truly. And congratulations on baby number two coming down the pike. Yay! That's so yeah. exciting. I'm so, so, so happy for you. Thank you. So this is a perfect segue. How has the transition been into parenthood, being a mm. multi-potentialite? It, it was definitely a transition. Yeah. So I got pregnant right after the pandemic really hit, kind of everything shut down. So even though I pivoted and was exploring the other things that I do, it was a lot less physically demanding than the work I was doing before. It was a lot more mentally demanding because I'd be working from home or doing different creative things. And I found that it allowed me to have a break. My body decided to get pregnant, which was really fun because we struggled for a very long time to get pregnant with my daughter. So I think that had a hand in it, but it also had a hand in the transition because it allowed me to truly see what I've known is that my life is these puzzle pieces. And the best part for me in this journey of being a multi-potentialite is I really get to click in and out these puzzle pieces when I want to. And it's allowed me the freedom and flexibility to be at home with my kids well, I'm saying kids because there's going to be two, but it allowed me to stay home with my daughter as much as I wanted or needed to. And it allowed me to work as much as I wanted and needed to. It was never this like all or nothing, black or white, nine to five, Monday to Friday, or stay at home till the end of time. Like it was never this, you know, juxtaposed decision. It was this like beautiful blend that I got to create depending on the kid that I had, because that's an unknown variable, <laughs> and then depending on the season that I had, how I felt, how birth went, my husband, you know, what his situation looked like. And he ended up taking 15 months off, which was so fun to be able to do together. And not a lot of people get afforded that flexibility. And for me, being a multi-potentialite, 
it really allowed that transition to happen smoothly. And I ended up leaving work earlier than expected because I ended up getting COVID while I was seven months pregnant before the vaccines happened. Like it was all super scary. Luckily, it all ended up okay. I was fine. Baby was fine. My husband was fine because he had it too. And uh, it scared me so much. I stopped working. I was like, that's it. I'm not going to go back to my work at the clinic. I'm just going to start exploring these other things because I do not want to put myself in this situation again. And working with the public, that's like part of the risk. And I was like, that's it. I'm I'm just not going to take that risk. I've only got like two more months to go and like, it's fine. And it allowed me to kind of seamlessly do that, to be able to click out that puzzle piece, even if it was not the timing I had planned, I still had the freedom to be able to do that. And then I would click in the other pieces sooner because I still had a couple months sitting at home where I was like, okay, I'm going to do these other things that I'm really passionate about and allowed those to click back in. And then I paused everything for a good amount of time and stayed home with my daughter and my husband. And then I slowly started to click the pieces back in when it felt right. And that transition was something that would never have been afforded to me if I had something more traditional, uh, quote unquote, air quotes again, something more traditional. This multi-potentialism allowed me to have that flexibility. And I'm really looking forward to that with the second one. Uh. That's so, yeah, that's so interesting. And how would you say, so how do you determine what you click back in? So um, I love the way that you put it, that you have to have a vision. It sounds like that's kind of the word that you're using. Like what's what's the focus area? What's the vision that you have? Mm -hmm. And right now for you, you've said it's kind of shifted to being a parent. And so how do you determine like with those puzzle pieces? I love that visual, by the way. How do you determine the pieces that do fit and, and do click back in? And has that changed since becoming a parent? Oh, yes. Yeah, 100%. I have no time as a parent. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else had the same <laughs> change. But it's like, I look back at the pre-kids time, and I'm like, what the heck did I do with my evenings? What the heck did I do with my spare time? And I know I had a lot of it. <laughs> like, what in the world did I do? Because now I'm like, if I get to have a 30 minute shower, it's a win for the month. Like if it's not just a 10 minute getting the essentials and getting out of there, it's a massive win. And like that hasn't changed. My daughter's a toddler and I'm still like finding myself strapped for time. So for me, particularly, there was a massive shift in that time dynamic that we mentioned before that hurdle you know, came back again with a vengeance. It, it was like a phoenix. It rose from the ashes. And I was like, "Woo! I need to find a whole new way of scheduling my world around initially naps and feeding. <laughs> and then eventually around when I had childcare or if I had support. And then also the income piece came back in because it's not just me and my husband, you know, dual income, no kids. Like we have a dependent and we're taking time away from work. We're reducing our income for a period of time. So those two pieces, those two hurdles definitely came back up again. So I had to approach them both. And then that's kind of the funnel it went through. It was like my priority is being a mom. So I need to do whatever is most time effective and cost effective within the puzzle pieces I'm willing to click in. So that's what I did. I had my puzzle pieces of speaking, of consulting, of creative work, of my practice, of teaching. I had all these puzzle pieces. And then when I was ready to go back to work, when I was wanting to go back to work, let's be honest, I wanted a break (laughs) from being with my daughter. (laughs) Even if it was just one day a week, I needed something for myself to feel like myself again. In those moments when you start to get 
you know, what you feel like ownership over your body again, you start to have that autonomy again after giving birth. And I was like, oh, I would really love like an afternoon a week where I could just explore some of the things I love again. And then I brought it through that funnel. This is going to make me a better parent. I'm going to come home and be more gracious to my daughter, more energized. And then running it through that funnel of like, what's most time effective for me to do that also is the most cost effective for me to do. And that led me to my practice as a massage therapist. I love my practice as a massage therapist. My patients are freaking fantastic. And I adore working with my team at the clinic. And so for me, it was kind of a no brainer. I also had the ability to be really flexible with my schedule there. And that's because my team is so fantastic at the clinic as well. But I could go back an hour a day a week. And then I was like three hours a day a week. And then it was like four hours, two days a week. And that was just such a beautiful way to transition. And then it really started me kind of back in that journey of being a career parent again, because that's what I want to be as a career parent. Being a stay-at-home parent, while I admire it and respect it greatly, I'm not cut out for that long-term. So I knew that this was the path I was now transitioning towards and how could I still prioritize my family while taking into account these limitations and challenges. So again, it was just that funnel I'd run myself through, but I didn't do this by myself. I was like in the mastermind with my girlfriends, with my family being like, if I did this, what would happen? And if I did this and what would happen? Instead of trial and erroring it in real life, I would just start to play out those scenarios out loud to the people that were in my corner supporting me. And they would give me feedback and question me and then correct me. And I'd be like, I don't think you're assuming that, right? I don't think you can do that after 8pm. And I was like, Oh, yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) So that was really helpful. So it was kind of that whole process, long winded answer, but I hope that gave you some insight. No, totally. I'm definitely hearing intuition as someone who I know is also an insane planner, like you're incredible (laughs) at planning. Mm -hmm. It also sounds like you were kind of following some of your intuitive side, the the intuitive side of yourself to say, oh, I'm kind of feeling like I want to work. Like I'm feeling ready. My body, you said my body feels ready. My Mm -hmm. mind feels ready to kind of have Mm -hmm. that time for myself. So I think that's a really great nugget there too, that yeah, you have to, you have to listen to your mind, your body. Okay. I'm also curious when you were planning out some of these aspects of your career, say becoming a, a massage therapist, was there ever something in your mind where you were like, this would be a great career as a parent or was any of that ever a factor? No, because to be honest, I didn't want to be a parent for a very long time. Um, I have a fertility condition that I, it wasn't diagnosed till about 2017 or 2018, but I knew it was there the whole time. And just like, I'm the the typical worst patient as a healthcare provider. I like (laughs) have a problem taking care of myself, which so many healthcare professionals do. I totally fall into that stereotype. And so I knew it was there in the background, but it wasn't affecting my life. And if I'm being really honest, I knew I wanted kids and I just did not want to admit that to myself because the moment I did, I would be admitting something that I have no control over having. And that's a very scary thing for me. Like I very much like to believe that if I want something, I can just work hard enough and I may have challenges. I may have to go around the corner and through the side door, but like I will make that happen. And in my mind, for some reason, having children, I couldn't I couldn't find a side door. Like I was like, even though it exists and obviously having kids and, you know, we were approaching fertility treatments and all that kind of stuff. Like I know there's ways around it. And there's so many ways to become a parent, first of all, that don't even involve giving birth to children. So I knew that was all there. But for some reason, my brain was like, no, if you admit that you want this, you're never going to get it. 
And I went through my whole life being like, nope, don't want kids. Stop asking, like, frankly, being rude to a lot of my family too, being like, enough already. Like, yes, I've been married for five years and no, we don't want kids, <laughs> you know? So, and enough with your questions and stop touching my stomach. It's a taco. It's not a baby. Like, you know, just oh enough my God. already. <laughs> like it, we got a lot of pressure. Uh... So yeah, I, I definitely did not think of that at all for a very long time, which makes me that much more grateful that I embraced that multi-potentialite side of me because it totally made having a family way easier. And I highly recommend it to parents out there too. Even if it's just a season while your kiddos are young and you're kind of working through things, like for sure, take the time to experiment and look at your life like with those puzzle pieces and see how you can make those things work. But um, yeah, it was not part of the plan. I think that's really, that's helpful to hear though. Cause I think that there's a lot of people who are listening here who are parents already and might be thinking, crap, should I have been thinking about this five, 10 years ago? Should mm. I have my career for the potential of becoming a parent? Which is just, I don't know. It's hard. I think there's just a, not enough conversations about that five or 10 mm. growing up. There's no conversations around what life do you want to create? What do you envision? your life. And Hey, also that's okay. If you want to change your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's it. That's really cool to know that you are super successful. And from what I know of you, extremely happy in the work that you do. And you're so passionate about the work that you do. And it's not like it was in this grand master plan that you were yeah. creating all these revenue streams and careers for yourself that mm-hmm. were all in support of becoming a parent. <laughs> no, <laughs> they support me in being a parent, but they were not a part of the plan um, at all. And anybody who, I mean, not every anybody, but most that become parents, as soon as you do, or even in the journey to becoming a parent, you realize how little you have control over. <laughs> and like that frank realization. And there was something I heard in preparing for birth that was um, said to me by one of my providers. And she said, you can prepare for options, you cannot prepare for outcomes. So if you're feeling anxious, which I was, she said, I suggest you prepare for options, because you don't know the outcome. And that's going to stress you out to prepare for one or two or five options or outcomes. Let's just plan for a few general options. And then we can choose our own adventures, we go through them. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's like what I've done my whole life. I don't know why becoming a parent, <laughs> I was like, thinking it was all going to be certain. So yeah, the uncertainty is a part of becoming a parent. And I think it's really interesting if you take that lens and apply it to your career, because you can totally plan for options instead of outcomes. And it's a really refreshing approach that allows for that flexibility of failure and face planting. And it allows for the experimenting and trial and error. And it allows for you to discover those magical intersections and those puzzle pieces that really work for you and your family. So yeah, I think it was a a nice reminder that I keep with me that was for birthing, but that I'm like, oh yeah, right. (laughs) Makes sense. Options over (laughs) outcomes. That's incredible. I love Mm -hmm. that. And what would you tell the person? So I know that as a consultant, you work with primarily it's entrepreneurs, I imagine, Mm -hmm. people who are uh, are multi-potentialites or identify as being a multi-potentialite and who just want that support. Um, What about the person who might not currently have a multi-potential lifestyle in that maybe they are actually living with that mask on as an expert mm. in something, but they're resonating with that, you know, hearing this conversation or having known you, getting to know you here. And they're like, ah, how do I make, I'm a parent and how do I make that transition or how can I start to tactfully trial and error? Like, is there any, mm-hmm. any stories or any tips that you would give somebody in that situation to For start sure. to bridge that gap? 
Yes, 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 yes. I would say, first of all, take stock of your current snapshot. So I like to look at our lives like a Google map. So if you were to pin <laughs> yourself on a Google map, what's around you? You know, what do you enjoy for hobbies? What do you find yourself wanting to do in your spare time? What do people come to ask you for that isn't related to your work or perhaps is, but is your specific take on it? You know, take a little snapshot and zoom out that Google map and see what information or data, if you will, lies right there for you to mine. Because often it's not about searching for something. It's about opening your eyes to something that's already there. So most of us have passions or hobbies outside of work. Most of us have people that approach us for things that they need. Most of us have desires of things we've always wanted to try. We've got a bucket list somewhere, whether you say it out loud or not. You know, there's those things that exist. And my best advice would be to start there, to start to look at the recent past, maybe within a year or so, and then kind of look at that snapshot for yourself. And then out of that snapshot, out of that data that you collect, are there one or two things you can start exploring with? Is there a way you can carve out time and carve out a space in your schedule that may take away from some of the income? You have to look at that situation for yourself because initially not everything is an income generating activity, nor should it be. Some hobbies should just stay hobbies and that's totally fine. (laughs) So start to look at that. Can I create space in my snapshot? Is there space? Can I have support there? And then I would start to expand very slowly. It's those baby steps, but take that snapshot, zoom out, See what's there for yourself. See if you can create space to explore that part of your map a little bit further. And then it's just one step at a time forward, finding that community and knowing you don't have to do it all by tomorrow. I love that. I love what you said before about you can't do everything at once. Can't do it alone. That's huge. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, what an application for all aspects of of your life. Truly. Yes. Especially becoming a parent. Yeah. Becoming a parent and doing anything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and For sure. Absolutely cannot do it alone. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Tell me more about hobbies. And I love that because I think where I was going with that question um, was like, oh, how do you jump into a new career? But I think what I learned from you just now is that, no, no, you can just go dabble. Like you can mm-hmm. explore, go audit some of your hobbies, maybe even just do that hobby a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Like if moving your body in some way or exercise in some way is really appealing to you, start to explore running, start to, if that's your thing or sport or whatever it is you like to do, and then start to dabble, start to get to know that community, start to see if there's needs there. If you eventually want to create that into a career, fulfilling a need is the best way to do that. So when you're in the community, you'll be able to see what they need. And if you have the skills or ability to fulfill that or desire, but dabbling in hobbies is the best way. And most multi-potentialites are that. I call it the moonlighter or the Spider-Man because you're Peter Parker by day and Spider-Man by night. And that's totally <laughs> acceptable. You can have your nine to five. I call it the Einstein job because Einstein developed all the theories that changed our world. We know this, but he worked full time at the patent office. So most people don't know he had this like monotonous nine to five job. And then in his spare time, he's developing mathematical theories that change our entire universe. So I think I had no idea. Totally right. If it's good enough for Einstein, it's good enough for me. And there's many seasons of my life where I had an Einstein enough job that allowed me to do the rest. And it doesn't have to be monotonous and boring, like potentially his was, I don't know, I've never spoken to him in person. But it could be something that still fulfills you in a way that's still something that excites you, that allows you the time and space to be able to do something else. You know, there's ways you can dabble in that, whether it's for a season, you know, if you're working at a Christmas market, 
pouring candles, you know, or if you are working through the summer as a touring guide, or if you want to be a photographer for certain aspects in the fall with family shoots, like there are things that you don't have to commit to forever. It can be something you can dabble into. And if that's something you're interested in, you can reverse engineer to what's the smallest thing I could try to see if I like that. You know, do I want to take pictures of my kids or of my family members? You know, do I want to be able to take myself on a touring guide and see if I'm any good at it? You know, like, do I want to be able to pour candles and see if any of my friends are interested in just having them for free? And that's if you're wanting to take this into a career, but you can always just explore those hobbies and enrich your personal life by exploring those different passions without the pressure of having the income there. That's a great point. And then what you said also was just about the carving out that time. Like, I think that's a really Mm -hmm. interesting filter to look at some of these passions or projects that might come up and how do you filter that? Well, is this something that I'd want to take an hour out of, you know, my kids go to bed and I have a couple hours to myself. Mm -hmm. Is this something that I'd actually be excited to work on in one of those hours? And if not, question that maybe, you know, like Mm -hmm. see, see what's there. Like, okay, why do I not want to? Oh, well, it feels like a chore. Well, is that something that you want to be doing then full time for the Mm -hmm. rest of your life or for the next season of life? Totally. And I have what I like to call the best invention ever is instead of the to-do list and the to-don't list, I have a not yet list because I also have a problem saying no, which a lot of multi-potentialites do. We're just like, yeah, that sounds interesting. Cool. I'm curious. I want to try it. (laughs) Like that's me to a T. So I've given myself permission to have a not yet list. So if it, I love the way you worded that question. Like if you have an hour to yourself and you're thinking, what am I like itching to get to outside of like, if you're exhausted and just want to watch Netflix, totally acceptable. <laughs> but like, if you have an hour of like, wow, I'm kind of energized. I'm like, I have the, the kids taken care of, like house is somewhat pre- presentably clean. Like My chore list is almost done. You know, dinner is acceptable and edible. Like I've got an hour here. What do I want to do? Whatever it is that's calling you should be calling you. And it can be a whole bunch of things. It could be a variety of things. It could even be just walking in nature and starting there. That's fine. But outside of that self-care, if you have like, man, I want to explore making crafts on my cricket, or I want to like brew that beer I've been thinking about in the basement, or I want to be able to write another chapter in this imaginary book I'm writing, like whatever it is that's calling you, give yourself permission to do that. And if you're thinking, oh, I don't want to sit down at the computer and write, and like, I don't want to open up that stinky half-brewed beer and like, screw the cricket, I can never get that thing to work. And I don't even want to try. Then it's like, there's your information. Like it's just data. It's just listening to that. And there's no personal attachment to it. Because you are allowed to pivot and be dynamic. And you can put that on the not yet list. If it feels like, well, I don't want to say no, I'll never brew beer again, or I'll never write again, or I'll never pick up my cricket and do crafts, then it can just go on the not yet list. And then if you're ever looking for things to do, you can literally pull up that list. I have it on my phone. I just jot things down on there that I give myself permission to say not yet to. Then when I'm looking for something to do, or if I do happen to have more space and time, or if I'm tired of what I'm already doing, I'll look at the not yet list. And I kid you not, every single time I look there, there's something that I'm curious about trying one more time or seeing if I'm interested in doing. And I know it sounds like it's a huge time commitment. It's not. It can be 15 minutes researching something. It can be half an hour sending a couple emails to people that are interested or setting up an account on Etsy to sell your thing. Not even putting a product up there yet, but just like setting up the account or whatever that looks like. The best part about being a multi-potentialite is that it's not all or nothing. You don't have to take it from zero to like a full-fledged business in a day. You can give yourself 12 months to get five products in your Etsy store. And that's fine. You know, you can find the amount of hours you will need to in that time to be able to do it. Because in 10 years from now, 
that's going to turn into something if you keep staying consistent with it, if you still want to be consistent at it. And that's the beauty. I think multipotentialism gives you the ability to zoom out so far and see the ripple effects of these passions, where often if you find yourself dived into like one single thing, it's hard to zoom out and see that. But the not yet list gives you the ability to do that. A not yet. Oh my gosh. I want to have a not yet list for everything in my life. Oh, like, yeah, what I are do. The, what are the like restaurants I haven't tried yet? Like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know you're not on social, but like, I'm even thinking of like my not yet list on, you know, the, the saves on social media. Like, you see, like that yes. recipe that you want to make instead of putting it in something that I'm like, oh, I've got to make this in the next three weeks. It's like, why can't that just be a, hey, one day this is a recipe I'd love to try making. Or one day this is a restaurant I'd like to go to. I don't have yes. to put that pressure on myself to action the item right away. That's, yes. that's so relieving. Oh, tell me about it. And then there's so much more joy because you find yourself actually choosing that activity. It becomes self-care in and of itself instead of the chore that you were checking off the to-do list that's right after make the bed. You know, like I don't want to have my work be like that. And having the not yet list or having my passions be puzzle pieces gives me the freedom to not only put them on my plate, but also take them off my plate. Because a lot of times, especially as a parent, your plate is so limited compared to all the things that you have on it. And there's so much pressure and social media, I'm glad you brought that up. There's a reason I'm not on it. There's so much pressure to be everything as a parent. And often that's a myth about multipotentialism is they hear somebody like me saying, oh, I've done all these things and I'm a parent. I'm expecting baby number two. Like, friend, I do not do all of that on a Tuesday. Like this stuff <laughs> has taken me years and decades to get to. And the next things I'm excited about are also years and decades away. Like that's how my life works. It doesn't work in what I'm excited about in a week from now. It's things months from now. It's things years from now because I need that amount of runway with the capacity I have on my plate. And that's just an acceptable fact. The limit in time that I have, I am going to respect that. I'm not going to push myself into the ground. So that's a common myth that you know, social media perpetuates is that you can do everything and you can do it right now. And like, you have the ability all by yourself to do this. And it's like, friend, no, you don't. <laughs> you need help and you need time. And that is so normal and so okay. And you actually can have a lot of these passions if you give yourself that grace. Because yeah, that's a, a big mistake. I see a lot of my clients fall into that I consult with. I fall into it over and over again and constantly need to be reminded so I'm glad that you brought that up. Social media can be really hard for that type of pressure, particularly. Definitely. It's like, a, as you were saying that, I was thinking of like a Thanksgiving plate. It's like there's just mm. piles of food everywhere and you're supposed to, you're supposed to eat all the, you don't have to take every single side. You can choose. It's okay. It's like Taylor, you are everywhere and you have so many different um, passions and you are an expert in a lot of different things, but you're not on social media. Like you don't have to be everywhere. Mm -mm. And that's okay. And I love yes. That. And you can take a doggy bag and a Tupperware or be like my grandma, wrap it in a napkin, pop it in your pocket. You can just take that stuff home for the not yet list. And that's okay. <laughs> yes. Totally fine. Oh, we should launch this around like American Thanksgiving. This will be like <laughs> the Thanksgiving <laughs> plate analogy. There you go. Oh, that's so good. Well, that's what I noticed. Mm -hmm. I downloaded your I previously had downloaded your um, your planner that you're so kindly going to be mm -hmm. um, sharing. We'll share in the show notes for anyone who's listening that wants to download it. And mm -hmm. I noticed if you were to download it yourself that it's a yearly, like there's multiple years within this planner, which I actually found shocking. And that added to my excitement to speak with you about this because here I am thinking multi-potentialite, 
you're completing 12 projects in a year. This was going to be like a day by day, week by week planner. And then I actually (laughs) opened it up and it was talking about your priorities and it was talking about year one, quarter one, year Mm -hmm. two. And I was like, wait, what? We're already on year two. Like, that's cool. That's a cool way to think about Mm -hmm. it. And to your point, you can do anything if you have the time and the support. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the four year section because in four years you can have a couple kids potentially. You could get a degree. You could travel the world. You could have a significant downturn and recover. Like that is a lot of time. And with time comes flexibility. And time is an unpredictable thing. We never know. Like, I don't mean to get morbid, but like we never know when our time will end. But if we can plan that we have at least four years ahead of us, we can use that as the gift of flexibility. And then if you take, okay, in four years, I'd kind of like to be here. And then if that's the case, if I divide that by four, what would I need to start with? And then, okay, if I take that and divide it by four, what would I do in the first three months of that year? And then if I take that and divide it a little bit further, what would I do in that first month? What would I do in those first couple of weeks? And it just gives you the tools to take this big vision around your priorities, around what's important to you, and then find those individual puzzle pieces. But it's starting with the big puzzle, and then you kind of divide it up. And then it allows you to click those things in and out. So if year one, stuff's not going to plan, all of a sudden stuff in year three is happening, it's like, well, I'll just switch those puzzle pieces. And year one is now year three, and year three is now year one. (laughs) You know, That's just how we're going to go about it. And I think it allows you to be able to do that. So I'm glad that you downloaded it. Like you said, it's up there on my website. We'll include it in the show notes. It's free. Just grab it. If it inspires you in any way, take what you want, leave what you don't. But I find it super helpful. And there's a sense of accomplishment of thinking, wow, I just planned the next four years of my life. You know, it's not a plan I'm married to. However, I have like a direction in my Google Maps, which feels so good when you have multiple passions and you feel really lost. So it's a great tool that I like to use. So cool. Well, thank you for sharing that, creating that. I yeah. think it's such a helpful tool and a fun exercise. Yeah. Okay, Taylor, I want to ask you, what are you focusing your energy on right now as a multi-potentialite, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, as a massage therapist? What are some projects that you can give us a little sneak peek into? Yes. Yeah. Well, we were talking about this and I'm so excited because you're going to be part of it. Uh, we, like I mentioned, I think at the beginning, we hosted a conference being the handshake between new and expecting parents and experts in the perinatal, which means pregnancy, postpartum and infant in that life cycle. So we, myself and a colleague of mine, Diane, who's a registered pelvic floor physiotherapist, we see a gap in the healthcare system in to begin with, but then also in general, that there are so many people in these areas to help new and expecting parents and babies. And there's all these new and expecting parents and babies who need the help. And then there's this gap in between them that we constantly see and that we're constantly trying to fill with referrals, with emails, with connections to other professionals. Like Diane and I were constantly sending people to our network of people that we trust that are experts in these areas. And it's diverse. I'm not talking like somebody to help my kids sleep or I need help with breastfeeding or like, what should I be eating while I'm pregnant and I have gestational diabetes? It's like, how do I return to work? And like, what about my finances afterwards? And like, do you know how to take a good iPhone photo of your kid? Like all these different things. And it's like, sure, here's a financial planner. Here's a this here's that. And we were like, we just need to find a way to have a weekend where we could put all these people together and it could just be the handshake between them. And these are real people who are working in the field, who are local or the ability to be online so they can be anywhere and they can just 
have that help there if they need it. They can have all this information. We can go through and have some educational experiences. They can learn in that moment. If they need more, they can access it, do a whole bunch of giveaways, raise money for charity. Why not? And we did that last year or this past year, and we're bringing it back for the second year. We sold out the first time, so we're bringing it back. So that's currently taking a bunch of my focus, and that's kind of a sneak peek. Our wait list is open now to be able to be the first to hear details, and that's going to be happening in March of 2023, right before my baby comes. This is the baby before that. So yeah, we're super excited about that. And you're going to be a speaker at it talking about career and parenting and balancing the two with our awesome panelists. So we're super excited to have you. But yeah, that's what's taking my focus a little sneak peek. I'm so excited and very, very honored to be a part of it. Yeah, I'm talking about projects. I think a huge project also is growing a human. So hey, way to go. (laughs) Agree. Huge babies you're growing. I would say the eyeballs at the moment. And I think hair at the moment. And oh my god <laughs> when does the heartburn start I can't remember oh I don't know it depends how much hair your kid has apparently <laughs> I don't know I know I've always wondered is that a myth is it not because I definitely had a lot of heartburn in the end with uh, my uh, Addie oh fun fact for our audience both of us have daughters named Addie yeah. we did not know each other at the time <laughs> uh, but mine didn't come out super hairy but good uh-huh. one I had massive heartburn and my daughter was, she had a full head of hair with like highlights. It was unbelievable. I was like, did you go to the salon on the way out? Like, how did this happen? So cute. Yeah. So we'll see. So far, no heartburn with this one yet, but I think it's still a little bit early. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, good luck growing the eyeballs this week. Um, (laughs) Okay. And finally, I want to ask you, Taylor, what are you still figuring out? Oh gosh, everything. I don't think there's one thing I have fully figured out uh, besides what I need to figure out next. Like I, I am still figuring out everything. I'm figuring out how to parent a toddler. Like that's challenging. Even though I've worked with kids, I have certificates and diplomas in early childhood education. And I'm still like, what is this being in front of me? And how do I tell her? And how does she tell me what we need? Like, oh my gosh, that's a whole thing. Uh, Still figuring out how to balance time and income because that's a whole thing too that is always ever changing when you have those puzzle pieces especially now coming up into another mat leave I'm going to be taking so we're considering that um still figuring out how to make my mom's Yorkshire puddings (laughs) I can't for the life of me make them taste like (laughs) the way she makes them and that's all I want right now oh Um, are they the hockey pucks do they kind of yes I love (laughs) them I really do they just remind me of my mom and we don't live in the same province so I need some of my mom but she's gonna be visiting soon anyway yeah so many things I'm figuring out so so many things there's nothing I have completely figured out not even close. Well, you have figured out a <laughs> lot. And I have personally learned so much from you over the time that we've known each other, but specifically on this episode and getting to just pepper you with all the questions I've probably just been collecting in the time that I've known you. So thank you so much for your time. Where can everybody find you and connect with you and get more from you? Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me. It's been so fun getting to dive in and talk about this. It's been fun getting to connect with you anyway, but this is like extra special. So thanks for having me. And thanks for listening. If anybody's listening this far, gold star to you. Uh, <laughs> I really mean that. <laughs> it's a lot. I'm a lot sometimes. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, best. I'd love to connect with you more. You can find me. Again, I'm not on social media, so you can head to my website. It's www.tayloraller.com. I have a contact form. It goes right to my inbox. I'm a real person. I read every single email. I respond to as many as I can, which is almost all of them all the time, unless they're spam. So, you know, don't send me spam, but uh, yeah, I'd love <laughs> to connect with you. If you need support in any area of, 
of multipotentialism, if you're looking for referrals or connections, if you're interested in the conference that I mentioned before, or any of the other things I mentioned too, don't hesitate to reach out. I would love to connect with you. Thank you for listening. You can access all resources mentioned in this episode via my website, andreabar.com slash podcast. And let's chat on Instagram. I'm at Andrea Bar Coaching, and I reply to every DM I get. If you loved this episode, don't forget to quickly hit that button on your podcast app to give me a five-star rating and drop in a review. It would truly mean the world. And if you're like me and love to share things that you love, send this episode to a friend who you think would appreciate this topic. Thanks again for listening and I'll chat with you next week.